0: Funko Pop, Welcome to Tuning Fork. It's oh, a podcast it. about music and the Pitchfork Media Hype Machine. I'm David.
1: I'm Matt.
2: I'm Stephanie.
0: It's Stephanie.
2: I basically Just host the show too, because this is my yeah. third episode.
0: <laughs> it is your third episode. And it's your first episode being on the same mic with Matt.
2: Yeah, Yeah, because the first one was Age of Odds and we lived in different apartments at the time or different places at the time. And then my second one, Matt, was not at all because it was feminism. It
1: was feminism. Fiona Apple. It was feminism to not have me on that episode.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was feminism for me to turn you into a Seinfeld episode.
1: Yes. And what's not feminism (laughs) is Rivers Cuomo's lyrics.
2: Yeah. Him existing at all. Yeah.
0: Him being allowed to live. Welcome to Tuning Fork, our anti Weezer podcast.
2: I say, well, you say that as I've been wearing a Pinkerton shirt for like three days in a row because you know how (laughs) quarantine is where you like don't change your clothes until you're like decide that you will? (laughs) I mean, the thing is, until
0: you get that whiff of how you actually smell and you're like, yeah, right, that's a problem.
1: The thing is, is our apartment is air conditioned, so we're not getting sweaty in any of the clothes we wear in the apartment without leaving the apartment.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is true. And also, I feel like if I saw a man in a Pinkerton shirt, I'd be like, hmm, that's questionable. But if I see a woman (laughs) in a Pinkerton shirt, I'm like, yeah, you're valid. You're
1: reclaiming it.
2: I'm reclaiming it. I'm the woman with the pink triangle on my sleeve, letting Rivers Cuomo know (laughs) to never talk to me. You're simply not allowed. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Maybe they're actually a Pinkerton.
2: Maybe they are. Yeah.
1: Hey, remember how Pinkertons are literally just like anti-union cops? Yeah. it's fun.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Rivers. But we're not talking about Pinkerton today. The album. But, I mean, we could have been because Pinkerton did get re-reviewed as a a 10.0, I believe.
1: It did. It sure did. So did the Blue Album, for that matter. We We could do both of those. Yeah. But we're not doing that.
2: No. This is more of like a, hey, Weezer sure went on a trajectory- and this is this, this is kind of like the start of that trajectory, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I mean like uh, the this, hap- this 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 gets gotten into in the review. Um uh, but a lot of rock critics were very like they were nice to Green Album and Maladroit Maladroit? Maladroit? Yeah. I, yeah. How does he say it? I have no idea. I have no, no idea. idea. I always it's a fucking a- French word, so I'm going to read it French.
2: I always read it as Maladroit even though I speak French and know how it should be said, but It's their Weezer, so like I'm just just like, there's no way Rivers Cuomo knows anything about the French language. Like he 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 did release an album in Japanese. Can you believe it?
0: Wow. (laughs) Um,
2: But yeah, not French.
0: (laughs) We're talking about Make Believe by Weezer that came out in 2005.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, as as reviewer Rob Mitchum was getting into, I think this is our first Rob Mitchum review, but it definitely won't be the last because he has, like, well over 100 reviews for Pitchfork going all the way till 2016. So unlike a lot of the low reviewers that we've covered, he continued to write for the magazine into, like, their point of being, like, a more respectable publication that doesn't just shit on people. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, like, he... He kind of covers it by this being a pretty good review.
2: This review is really funny because, okay, so it's a 0.4, which is like fucking brutal.
0: Yeah, we're continuing our streak of uh, of bad uh, reviews here. This is our third one in a row, I think.
2: Yeah, but then um, to, but to make be up fair, for the
0: fact that we hardly did any before that. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah. we did some for our first few, and then we just didn't do
1: them
2: for a while. Yeah, and this yeah. is my first bad review because so far, like the other two albums I've done, have been best new music and Fiona ten out of ten point um, but yeah, this was bad. And it's not bad in the way that, like, Pinkerton originally got really bad reviews by critics. But then eventually people were like, oh, no, it's actually good, though. Uh, so they changed <laughs> their minds about it. But no one no one ever changed their mind about Make-Believe, and I don't think they ever will.
0: <laughs> Make-Believe very- came out when I was uh, a sophomore in high school. And I just remember the song Beverly Hills. Just you couldn't get away from it at all.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I could. Can- <laughs> All I can think of when I think of Beverly Hills now is the number of times that Demi on Punch Up The Jam would just mash up Beverly Hills with the song they were covering. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. And then also Neil Cicerega mashups, which also frequently (laughs) use Beverly Hills as a base.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty god awful song. But at the same time, it's like, it's one of those songs that's so bad, but I can still perfectly just fine listen to it. Oh, yeah, same.
1: Yeah. It's very much like... Rivers Cuomo is in the sleeveless shirt that says satire requires a clarity of purpose, lest it be mistaken for the thing it is satirizing. (laughs) Um, but it's just the lyrics to this song.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The review really kind of follows, um, the thing we were talking about before recording, which is the Hari Kondabolu, the Hari (laughs) Kondabolu joke about Weezer.
2: Mm -hmm. The whole, their trajectory is just extremely. Well, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just they just peter out. They just they just start a like I like I personally still think like, the blue album to me is their best album for a long time. I rode the wave of like Pinkerton is their best album because I was like a teenager and I was like this is the cool opinion to have. But like no, the blue album is their best album. Pinkerton is I still I think a really good album even though it's full to the brim with misogyny and just incel vibes and racism and racism yeah well that's a given with rivers cuomo i guess um
0: you both know a lot more about weezer than i do so yeah, yeah well, I, i'm I, gonna call on the expertise here a little I bit i was gonna
2: say like what are what are your guys' backgrounds with weezer because i feel like mine is that's background- the question we're supposed to ask you <laughs> yeah no because mine okay so so my background with weezer is wait hold on yeah, that's All definitely right. the, what you need to crack when you're about to hear your girlfriend talk about her background with Weezer. Um- LAUGHTER um, okay, so I got into Weezer when I was in middle school, because I was watching much more music, and they were doing, like, a countdown of, like, the best music videos of all time, and they had Buddy Holly on it, and I was like, oh, I like this song, this is kind of, I like the, the vibe of this video, this song is catchy and good, and, uh, so then I went out and bought the Blue Album, and I was like, okay, this is really good, and then I bought Pinkerton, and, this was like in the age of CDs where you'd go to HMV and like buy a whole CD when you'd heard like one song off of it. Um, yeah. and then I had, I had like all of their albums until I'm trying to think of the first time I didn't buy one of their albums, maybe Ratitude, but I was really into them in high school. Um, I was kind of like, yeah, their later stuff is, you know, there's still stuff I like on it, but it's not as good. I did listen to, I do own Make Believe on CD. Um, I remember at the time being kind of like, this is not as good as their older stuff, but I wasn't like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, I've seen Weezer in concert twice. The first time I was 19 and I went to Seattle to see them on their make no oh, no memories tour which was where they played the blue album and pinkerton back to back and in one show um which was Very like good. the highlight of my life at that time i thought it was amazing um cuz it was like the longest show ever cuz it was just two full albums back to back um that was the first that's time that's like ever- a they might be giants show yeah exactly that was the first time i ever crowd surfed uh, is it the only time <laughs> you have ever crowd surfed no okay it was the first time though i think it was during the good life Uh, So it was, was like, the second half of the show. Hey, that's where I work. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) And then I saw them again at a music festival in Victoria, like, a couple years later, and it was an extremely different show because it was, like, not as tight for time, so they actually, like, talked a little bit instead of just only playing the music – Interestingly, the first time I saw them, they did all of the banter in Undone the Sweater song. The second time I saw them, they didn't do any of it. And I was like, You're fucking cowards. Boo. But anyway, yeah, Boo, we hate <laughs> your hole. Um <laughs> and- Yeah. And so I, and then I kind of have like petered off a bit when I I don't really listen to Weezer very much anymore. Every once in a while, I'll maybe get in the mood where I want to listen to them. But like, they were very much like a a huge high school band for me. And like, if they were going to do a tour again that was mostly their older hits, I would maybe consider going to it. But like, I get emails still that are like, Weezer is doing a new tour. You should go. And I'm just like, no. I don't think so. (laughs) And I, I'm kind of an apologist of their later music. Like, I think that there's a lot of songs on the Rudd album that I like a lot. Like, The Greatest Man That Ever Lived is one of my favorite Weezer songs. I... There's like, I honestly will listen and listen to and enjoy like a third of gratitude. I would never recommend it to anybody, but like, I will listen to I Can't Stop Partying and be like, this is fun, even if it's bad.
1: I mean, the whole thing about Can't Stop Partying is that it's wheezy and wheezy, and wheezy completely like phones in his verse, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it good.
2: It's really good because it's bad, <laughs> and like, I, I don't know, it's not like I'm like. Oh, enjoying things ironically is fun cuz I'm not like in ironically enjoying it. I like I genuinely think it's fun and I like to listen to it, but I would never tell anyone else to listen to it ever because I don't hate my friends. Mm-hmm. So
1: <laughs> I think that really gets into part of um why Weezer's like Critical Status has has declined a lot over the years is that they've just never changed the way yeah. that he writes lyrics, even when they change the tone of the songs that go with it. Cuz like his lyrics have never gotten better.
3: They've, gotten, They've worse. gotten worse
1: in a lot of cases, but most of the time they peter around like a medium level. Um, this album definitely has some real clunkers on it. Well, but I think part of it is just like the blue album was very it was very similar across the board musically. But it was very good. Yeah. Like it was very simple, just it was power pop. It was power pop when everyone was into grunge. That's why Weezer got popular in the
0: first place. Yeah. Weezer and then, to like, me has always been one of those like Background bands that I was always aware of, but never really took the time to get into. Like, uh, like we were all into, we were all into like Potter Puppet Pals at the in the mid two thousands, and then like they did that that video with all the YouTube memes uh, for for Pork and Beans off the Red album, Uh and I was like, oh well, there they are again those those old uh, those old Weezer guys that I keep hearing so much about.
1: Yeah,
2: emphasis on the word old. Potter, Pop, yeah, and Piles exactly. were supposed
1: to be in that video, but they got lost in the mail. Luckily, mm-hmm. they were later recovered.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so They're they just put, like, a shitty though. a shitty clone of Dumbledore in yeah. there for, like, two frames.
1: <laughs> Tay Day was there, though, which is
0: important. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, Tay and Chris Crocker was there. And... Oh, my God, I forgot Chris
1: Crocker was there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, the, that, that was, like, the last time I really, like, paid attention to New Weezer was the Red Album. Yeah. Um... Probably because Stephanie was into it and I had a crush on her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not even a, like like. I would not say it's a consistently good album but there are songs on it that I do enjoy I mean I like to listen
1: that, to Pork and Beans the same way I like that, to listen that to was Rivers. Rivers'
0: mustache album yeah,
2: The thing about um, Pork and Beans is that Rivers does not give a hoot about what you think and it's very obvious <laughs> because he continues putting out like the most mediocre shit He named an album Excuse Hurley after manners. a picture of him and Hurley The thing is Hurley <laughs> like Hurley Lost is a great character so I love that he didn't even name it after the actor he named it after the yeah, of character of hurley and i mean <laughs> you see him and you're like that's hurley lost like, that is
1: hurley lost
2: yeah and he's good so i i'm fine with it even though hurley as an album is not good but th- i guess part of the other thing is like in that one that stand-up that we were talking about earlier is like they talk about how weezer like weezer is aging but they continue to write songs, like, as if they're for people in high school, I guess. Like, it's mm-hmm. very strange to write music as, like, a 35-year-old man like he was when this album came out, Make Believe, but, like, to the in the tone of someone who's still, like, very much the, like, virgin high school nerd. I mean, he literally yeah. looks like the
1: virgin from Virgin and Chad. Yeah, that's literally what Rivers Cuomo looks like.
2: He does. It's unfortunate.
1: Like you just put a cowboy hat on that.
2: Yeah, and he. You know what is the funniest thing to me about Rivers is that. So okay, he has an English degree from Harvard University, and this is probably the biggest proof that academia, especially Ivy League academia, is like like a fucking joke. Because like his his best music, his best lyrics. We're all on the Blue Album. Like, I'm thinking about, like, I don't know, just even, like, thinking about, like, My Name is Jonas or Only in Dreams. I'm like, these are some of your better lyrical moments. And then you got an English degree from Harvard, and you just are writing like Dr. Seuss rhymes, but way worse than Dr. (laughs) Seuss rhymes. Rob
1: Mitchum specifically calls them Mother Goose rhymes. Yeah. In that they are literally rhymes meant to teach children the concept of rhyming and also different (laughs) words.
2: Yeah, I guess Dr. Seuss is fitting because they're both racist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, Rivers Cuomo, of course, Theodore Geisel,
0: enemy of the show.
2: Yeah, Rivers Cuomo, of course, being racist in the way that's like, why is it wrong for me to fetishize Asians who are,
1: are like... literally in high school.
2: Who are, you know, like, pushing 18, you know. That seems... Yeah, I don't even know how to start with that. At least we don't get any weird lyrics on this, like we do on Pinkerton, with, you know, goddamn those half-Japanese girls, or Across the Sea, which to me is like... You're writing to like a young girl who lives far away, but to me, across the sea more means like the sea of your age gap, which is disgustingly huge. But anyway, um, would love
1: to see an interview with the person that across the sea was about.
2: Mm, no, I mean I would, but I don't. <laughs> I, I I don't want to know.
1: Well, I also I don't want to make them think about it again. Yeah, but I would just love to hear their thoughts if they wanted to express them.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: So
1: Beverly, are ready Mills, to start?
0: <laughs> talking about the album then yeah yeah so Beverly Hills
3: the pool, I'm the next big
0: Yeah, that's the talk box uh, guitar solo that you're imitating there.
2: Yeah, it's got, it's, uh, yeah, this song is not good. You know, you know what you should listen to if you want to listen to this song, but a little bit better is Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous by Good Charlotte. Because it's, it's catchier. And I feel like they say a couple more things that are like, a little bit more eat the rich than this. I mean, he,
1: they literally end the chorus with, and we should rob them.
2: They do end the chorus with, we should rob them. <laughs>
1: which- whereas, we, whereas, like, Beverly Hills is literally just Virgin and Chad meme. Chad is literally everyone else who lives in Hollywood. Yeah. And he's just like, well, they when the housemaids scrub my floors, they don't get the spaces in between.
2: Like, you have housemaids. I want
1: to live yeah. a life like that.
2: Yeah, and like, everyone knows this song. It's not like you've never heard this before and we're telling you about it. It's, this, this lyrically is a terrible song, but I do kind of think this is one of the better songs on this album, to be honest.
0: The line about the housemaids made me think of that episode of Seinfeld where he gets somebody to come clean his apartment and then he goes, they cleaned the space between the wall and the refrigerator. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Honestly, it was probably a reference to that.
2: It could be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because like, Verse Cuomo consistently exists in the 90s. Kind of just tracks. He does. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's a good point. I find it weird that on Genius they mention that that the chord progression of the song is really similar to Blast Off, because I'm really familiar with the song Blast Off, and I do, I've never thought that in my life before. Ever. It's kind of like a hidden... A hidden gem song because it's like not on any of their main albums, but it's not one that of this song evokes at all to me.
1: I mean, th- yeah, this is also just one of the one of the songs on this album that are very much just supposed to be like satire. It has a, <laughs> it has a clarity of purpose lest you be mistaken for what it represents. Um, just about like the idea of of being rich in Hollywood and how he doesn't relate to it, but it doesn't really land. No. Um, because no. this is his fifth album, and he's coasting off the success of his first album with more money than he should ever have had, yeah. and also got a degree from Harvard. Yeah, there's Suck nothing about, about him that makes
0: you. There's <laughs> yeah. nothing about him that makes you believe that he's being facetious about this. Yeah,
1: exactly. He writes every man lyrics as if he's not a literal millionaire.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I mean, a lot of people do that but he doesn't do it very well
2: yeah and like yeah. i guess part of it is that like he didn't come from a lot of wealth like he didn't come from like extreme poverty or anything but like part of it is kind of just like it's something that you're born into and i just don't belong and it's like hey okay, you weren't born into super fame but like it's r- you're you you can not make the argument that you didn't luck yourself into that at all
0: yeah no he's a funko pop now
2: he's a funko I'm gonna say
1: I did I do disagree with Rob Mitchum on part of this review in that the talkbox solo fucking whips. It's good. I like it. It's so fucking cheesy. It's
2: yeah. The I think the best parts of this album to me are the parts where he stops talking or singing and the like guitar <laughs> comes in, or like later in the album the harmonica solo comes in, and I'm like, I clearly didn't listen to the back half of Make Believe like ever as a teen. And like I listened to the first half and I was like, this is fine, something else now. But like there's a harmonica solo, which I'm which I enjoyed.
0: You threw it in your disc man and you were like, Alright, that's enough.
2: Yes.
1: I'm loving to see uh, Sampled In, Say It Ain't So Cal by Neil Cicerega, uh interpolated by Weird Al Yankovic on Pokerama.
2: Nice. Oh, yeah. I, I, do,
1: I do love the, David, please put a clip of the Beverly Hills from Pokerama in here.
0: <laughs> I will. Beverly
3: Hills, that's where I want to be. Gimme, gimme, living in Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, rolling like a celebrity. Give me, give
1: me. Living in Beverly Hills. <brightness besar> <Life> <laughs> living in Beverly
3: Hills. Birds два- <laughs>
1: go flying at the speed of sound. <laughs> I, <love how laughs> I could do the whole thing I if I, I-, I wanted to. I wish
2: we are already singing and this is still the first song. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I mean I was singing a completely unrelated
0: song. Yeah. That was the polka that he did after the angry white boy polka, yeah.
1: Yeah, Angry White Boy Polka was the one on uh, on Poodle Hat, and this was the one. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Um, It must have been straight out of Linwood.
0: Yeah, that was the next one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a shame that we can't really express our um, our our large Weird Al knowledge on this podcast because I don't think he's ever gotten like a a best new music review or like a zero to two review from Pitchfork. Have they ever reviewed him at all? They have, yeah.
2: Okay,
0: I should though put in more Weird Al clips yeah, of like I mean, parodies.
1: <laughs> I mean, if it comes up. I don't think it comes up all that often, though. Like, it'll come up yeah, if no. we do, like, Modest Mouse.
2: <laughs> did they ever, yeah. like, do a Pitchfork? Like, did Pitchfork ever go back and say, we're going to give uh, Nevermind by Nirvana Best New Music in, like, the two, the 2010s?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay,
2: well then, just, you can do uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit.
1: I feel like the mo- yeah. the, the the only real times that we're going to do, like, reissue 10s are going to be when it's it's picking up from a really bad score. Pinkerton. I don't think Pickerton got a bad score from Pitchfork.
2: No, I mean like, oh, I thought you meant like picking up from a bad score by, by the same artist of a different album. Right. No, yeah, I yeah. mean like oh, for the sure.
1: same album. Like we did with uh Bell like and we Sebastian. did with Bell and Sebastian like we're yeah. eventually going to do with Andrew <clears throat> W.K.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um Next we've got uh, perfect situation. What's
3: the deal with my brain? Why am I so obviously insane? In a perfect situation. I let love down the train the pitch slow and straight all i have to do is swing and i'm a hero but i'm a zero hungry nights once again now it's getting unbelievable because i could not have it better but i just can't
2: get- the first of our incel anthems out of many 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 <laughs> incel anthems on this album yeah yeah I kind of like this song, just musically. Yeah, well, this is one of their singles.
1: Yeah, the like, upcoming. it's, a, he he just, like, he's doing something interesting with his voice for once.
2: Yeah, because he kind of does, like, a tiny bit of falsetto in there. Mostly in the O's. Yeah. <laughs> Which are the best parts of his lyrics is when he just does the O's. And in the review, they even talk about how he does, like, they even talk about how it's, like, he does those, and it's, like, what do they say? It's, like, to, like, the lyrics are so shitty that, like... He just does a bunch of O's. Yeah. But like that's the better part of the songs to me. He
1: replaces everything with na nas la la's and doot doos. <laughs>
2: Honestly though, I think one of one of my biggest problems with Weezer is how much they enunciate their lyrics because they understand what they're saying, which is a problem. Because a lot of songwriters aren't good, but if they are not enunciating, then I don't give a shit because it's like, I don't care what they're saying. Like, I love Ariana Grande because she doesn't enunciate anything. <laughs> and if Weezer was not enunciating, I think I would I – th- like, I already am a Weezer apologist, but, like, I feel like I would enjoy their music more if I never understood what they were saying.
0: That's fair. Like, I feel like – for me, the only artist that I listen to which does, like, the super over enunciating thing uh, all the time are They Might Be Giants. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And their lyrics are great.
0: Yeah. John Linnell um, is a poetic genius.
1: And John Flansburgh also writes lyrics. <laughs> 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 no, he has good songs. That's unfair to him. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> he just has written John, some L- lyrics.
0: John Linnell is the tortured poet, and John Flansburgh is the rock god.
1: Yeah, um, all the lonely single girls around him are uninterested in him, either because he is too shy or unattractive. Likely it is because he is too shy, as mentioned in the first verse. No matter the cause, girls aren't interested in him, which makes him feel invisible. Plus five upvotes.
2: This is extremely Rooney Mara in the social network. network. I forgot the movie because I'm not a fucking film bro. Um... (laughs) Uh, it's very, people aren't going to hate you because you're a nerd. They're going to hate you because you're an asshole. And that's just Rivers Cuomo in a, you know, nutshell.
1: Also, just the line, get your hands off the girl. Can't you see that she belongs to me? Um, no, thank you. No, thank you with this one, Rivers.
2: Yeah, no, it's bad. Just don't listen to lyrics at all. Um, it's very like, why you no care me?
1: Oh my God! He's the <laughs> monkey.
2: He's the monkey. I have another comparison to make, which was I was listening to the album and I got to the part where they say that one of the later songs is about a spider, and I was like, Rivers Cuomo is Tavros Homestuck.
1: Oh God!
2: <laughs> he's Tavros Homestuck. I'm sorry. I'm s- that. That's like that's mean to Tavros,
1: even for you. I know. <laughs>
0: Rivers Cuomo is every single uh primate meme that you can think of. He is I, nobody care me. He's stylish but illegal. He is <laughs> he rustles he our Jimmies. I
2: wish He, was- <laughs> 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 he hey. ate a
0: child.
1: Perfect perfect situation. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean it- Largely, this is really just like, why nobody like me? I'm so unlikable. But actually, I'm likable. It's just that you don't see that I'm likable. And also that girl you're with, I should have her instead. And this isn't new for Weezer. Like this is like, lyrically, this is like, basically Pinkerton, kind of but it's yeah. like more clean than Pinkerton. Cause I know one of the parts of the reviews was that one of the complaints was fans would have liked Make Believe better if it was more of a raw album like Pinkerton, but this one is too polished, which I don't yeah, think Yeah, musically the this is
0: every <laughs> musically this is every other pop album from the same time period.
1: Yeah, because it was produced by Rick Rubin, who produced literally everything that came out between 2002 and 2006. Yeah. That's kind of just how that's how it works. Hmm. You get one producer that does everything for a while. The thing is, Rick Rubin also made 99 Problems, which is a much better song.
2: It is a better song than this. And also,
1: like, I don't really agree with the fact that it would be, like, the production's fault that made it sound too polished. Because it really, like, audibly doesn't sound that much different from Other Weezer, other than the fact that it's higher higher fidelity vocals and, like, the guitars are mixed, like, a little different. Because, like, yeah. I don't think I don't think Rick Rubin's formula is that far off from what Weezer was doing anyway. No. He seemed like he had a really, like, uh, he had kind of a Steve Albini rule on this album. Um, which, like, the whole thing with Steve Albini is that he doesn't consider himself a producer. He considers himself an engineer. So what he is trying to do is just capture how the band wants to sound anyway. Which I mm-hmm. wouldn't say is how Rick Rubin normally does things. But I would say it's, it's pretty much how we did it on this one. Hmm. Yeah. He just he just set them up to sound like they already wanted to sound. Blue album would have sounded like this <coughs> if Rick, if Rick Rubin was a producer in 1994.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the Blue Album already isn't that raw. Like Pinkerton sounds a lot grittier than the Blue Album yeah, does. Yeah. And like I will say, I've seen them live twice, and they sound pretty much the same as they sound on their albums live too. So it's not like I don't know. I I really don't think that's the problem. Yeah.
0: The thing about Rick Rubin producing everything reminded me of that time when Timbaland was the one producer that anyone was talking about.
2: That was
1: also just a good time. Yeah. Timbaland is very good. Well, I mean, he was very good at what he does. I don't think he really has it anymore. But, like, everything yeah. between, like, Aaliyah and early solo Justin Timberlake, that's all slappers. Nothing but slappers, mm-hmm. Net to, like, wall-to-wall. Do you think yeah.
2: that if Jacking Off produced a Weezer album that it would sound better? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like it would just sound like anthem rock, which is what Weezer sounds like now anyway.
2: Yeah, that's a good. Cuz that's
1: like that's what Bleachers makes.
2: Yeah, true.
1: The thing is is the thing that would be that would actually regrettably be nicer, not to hand it to Jack Antonoff, but if Jack Antonoff were co-writing these songs, they would probably actually be better. Yeah. Um, because Jack Antonoff does write for women. Yeah. And thus women would at least tangentially be involved in the thought going into these songs in a way that wasn't predatory or misogynist.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god.
1: Like not to song. hand not to hand it to Jack Antonoff. Yeah. But he's less of a misogynist than Weezer.
2: I mean, I I do love to dunk on Jack Adon- Antonoff, but at the same time I lo- I really enjoy a lot of the albums he's produced, so I'm kind and
1: of He like- seemed, he seems fine mostly. He did very much cheat on his girlfriend with Lord.
2: Okay, but the thing is... The girlfriend
1: he, he was cheating on was Lena Dunham, I know.
2: Yeah, so, like... <laughs> I mean, that's also conjecture. Like, we don't know if that's yes. true. But, like, if Probably you had true. the opportunity to cheat on Lena Dunham, like, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> if you had the opportunity to cheat on Lena Dunham, would you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're not on the Shrek song yet, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Instead that was sort of on- a
0: brave, a brave Shrek hybrid there.
1: Yeah, and instead we're instead we're on uh the car's ripoff.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called This Is Such a Pity.
3: Let me just told you closely how did things get so bad. I know how to p- pay-
1: heard this song before my listen today so unlike yeah, the rest either. of the songs here i am not as familiar with it such that i could recall any details in my head but i know that my feeling listening to it is this fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> the
0: this guitar song? sound is yeah. exactly like what you would hear from like yeah the cars or uh another 80s uh, another 80s arena rock band like like asia or journey or whatever hmm. Um And yeah, it sounds exactly like that, just worse.
2: Yeah, they they even mentioned in the review that this is, like, the only song that's half decent, I think. And I disagree! <laughs> See, okay, so here's how I feel about this song. I think that this song sounds fine. Like, I I enjoy his vocals in this song. I hate the things that he says with those vocals. If he was just, like, humming noises along, like... <laughs> that would be a lot better but like this is again another insult anthem like this whole song is kind of just like like fuck he he says like I know how to pick on you you push me over the edge we cause so much agony we can't st-. like it's supposed to be about how they were both terrible to each other but I I feel like this song is very relatable to me from the perspective of the person he's singing about where it's like yeah no that was all you.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like, I feel like that is like a natural defense mechanism to that that is used often by people who are abusive or shitty in a relationship is to they'll admit that they did something wrong, but only by projecting it onto you at the same time. Yeah. And that's like a, it's like the, it's just to like reduce their own culpability while also like claiming that they are taking culpability at the same time. It's like, I can't believe it's you think playbook. that about
0: me, even though I was like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And this is also the song where, it's, where Rivers says, you called me a fascist pig. And I love that the genius annotation is like, here, Rivers Cuomo, Weezer, admits to his fascist sympathies. <laughs> it was only written seven <laughs>
1: days ago, which is very funny <laughs> to me. <laughs>
2: God, I never noticed that but you're right <laughs> oh my god I do love that it's also like he's not admitting that he is a fascist it's just that it's like you think I'm a fascist but the person is like he admits to fascist sympathies
1: it's very funny it's
2: it's a lot someone really hates I mean that that's
1: herself. why it's an unreviewed an- an- annotation because no one's upvoted or downvoted it it just showed up here we're probably the first people to look at this page since
0: it was posted <laughs> yeah that's probably true yeah
1: go, who the fuck is going to look Make believe Weezer in fucking mid August twenty twenty on the Ides of August twenty twenty
2: quarantine. You don't has need to look us. up the
0: lyrics to this song because they just are. You know, don't don't hate me. I'm good actually.
2: I mean, half of it is just. This is such a pity. And that's it. So it's like, that's the song. Mother goose
1: ass rhymes too, like throughout the whole thing.
2: Yeah. The only thing I really have to say about it that I, that makes me kind of like, I can listen to it is I do like when he does again, kind of the like a tiny bit of falsetto in there when he does his like pity. I can't do it. That's not right. But anyway, he does like a little bit of like a higher, higher vocal. And I'm like, that's fine.
1: I feel like I would have liked the keyboards more if they leaned on them more but they really just seem kind of like a background effect.
2: Yeah. Like, if
1: he's aping the cars, those things need to be loud.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. You you need to
0: make a you-might-think out of this.
2: There's a lot more... There's not a lot of emphasis on, like, the the actual instruments on this song, except when there's a break in the vocals, I find. Mm -hmm. There's very few times when, like, you can just hear the instruments at the same time as the vocals, and I feel like that's a problem, especially because, like, there's a later song on this album that's, like... This is, a, this is the first piano song we've ever done. And I'm like, this is a piano song?
1: Yeah, well, you can you, you <laughs> hear it in the background. He's literally just doing, like... We'll, we'll get there when we get to it, but he's just doing, like, really, really basic left-hand, like, piano chords. Yeah, It doesn't even sound like he's yeah. playing with his right hand. And, like, that is one spot where I can definitely hear a Rick Rubin influence. It's just, like, strong, center-panned vocals, really loud, like, no dynamic range in them, like, just straight loudness. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the guitars are just blaring on all sides. Yeah.
0: They very much like to do the thing where you know, all the verses are just drums and bass and Rivers Cuomo singing, and then the power chords come in for the chorus, and then it goes back to the drums and bass, Yeah, and it's all very call and response. You don't get to hear the instruments and rivers at the same time. No.
2: No. Never. Then we come when to you Hold need Me. Hold Me. Hold Me.
3: To you back then, I was happier. I was you are fading
2: further from okay. So, okay, so we've had the incel anthems. Now we're at the part where it's like, I had girl, but girl, leave me. Girl, no care me. <sighs> girl, no care me. Good, she shouldn't care you. And, okay, but on the one hand, that's like what the song is about. It's like, oh no, you're you're starting to drift away from me and we need to be closer. And it's like, why, why are you leaving? But then like the genius annotation is like, I wrote this when I was really hungry. I would try fasting (laughs) and seeing how that would affect my songwriting. So I, I think I was extremely hungry when I wrote that song. They
0: they really need to, like, I noticed going through the Genius pages on this album that I don't think there's one song where they don't have, like, an actual quote from the band about exactly what the song is about. And a lot of bands don't do that because they want you to actually think about it for yourself. But Weezer's like, no.
1: And it's like, or they want to allow you to give a more generous interpretation than you'd be giving your own music. Which is how yeah. I felt about all like the an- unannotated tracks on Travestan, which we have not yet mentioned yet, is directly mentioned in this review.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're talking about um, songs about Moses using hip hop slang, which is a completely apt description of the song "Change" from Travestan. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> The like I don't know I I didn't even think of that about like the band having a bunch of annotations like or quotes about it because like I'm just thinking of when we did when I did um fetch the bolt cutters and Fiona had actually talked about pretty much every song on fetch the bolt cutters and like.
1: It, she did that before anyone had even heard them. Cause she did it in that like really long profile. She was talking about yeah. all the songs on the oh, album yeah. before the album was even out. Yeah. Cause she didn't like release any pre-singles or anything, nope, did she? She didn't.
2: And so she had talked about like every single song. And so like when I saw like Weezer talking about every single song here, I was like, that just seems like fine. But like the problem is they have the most surface level lyrics of all time. So I don't know why they feel the need to do this. Like you listen to Fetch the Bolt Cutters and you're like yeah. What oh, the fuck that means? There is a there's a lot of room for interpretation in parts of this where like I'm kinda more I'm kinda curious what's the story behind this. But like in Weezer it's literally just like <laughs> Hold me, hold me, take me with you, because I'm lonely.
1: Nobody care me. Yeah. And like with Fiona Apple, I also just want to know the names of the dogs that are talking.
2: Yeah. Well I they're <laughs> credited. They
1: are all credited. Yeah. Um I actually really liked this song musically when I first heard it.
2: I like this song. Like musically.
1: It's the rare dip from the Weezer formula that I feel like he manages to get. And I feel like Weezer songs in this vein would be really good if someone else was writing the lyrics. The,
0: yeah. the back The back half of the album, like, uh, I noticed the, the first three songs of the back half of the album are more of the same. And then the last two tracks are like a nice kind of palate cleanser or, or like a welcome change from the rest.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean I think I feel like of the of the slow songs on this album uh, this is the one where he actually manages it the best. It's this or one other that's later that we'll get to but yeah. um like the lyrics are fine. I'm not going to like these ones aren't as bad as the previous ones. It's very much like it's 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 a it's a kind of relatable relationship feel at times. Mm. Um but you know like I expect a little more out of someone on their 5th album. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I feel like this song is at least like not offensive in terms of it's not just like oh I'm abusing you, but you're mean to me. It's like no, just like you're you're getting further away from me, and I want you to be closer again. Like that's a reasonable thing to say. It's it's, about. it's
1: very much the kind of thing that like if you were actually saying this to someone, you would be like you know actively working on fixing the problem. But this is the kind of song that you're writing at someone without actually you know saying it to them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's an internally directed song about another. person person
2: yeah extremely because that's
1: that's exactly how this kind of feeling manifests because if you if you literally just ever talk to the person you're in a relationship with you kind of under you could talk through this kind of shit and understand it very quickly yeah but no one ever has this thought at another person that will persist after you actually talk to them yeah
0: i am i am guilty of having written songs about you know people who i broke up with but also i was 17 when i wrote those songs what like anchor Yeah.
2: (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's totally normal to write songs about people that you've broken up with. Like, that's just like, that's just what a lot of songs are about, period. And I think that's totally normal. It depends on how you write those songs. Cause it's like, if you write them, and I feel like it's totally normal to write them from a place of like, vindiction, like, like, from a place of anger. But like, it depends on what the anger is about for how good or valid the song is. And for Rivers, it's, not valid <laughs>
1: uh, Yeah, well, like, this, this one isn't even like a breakup it's a pre-breakup it's mm-hmm. like he's singing about how sad he is that they're drifting apart when he could one do something about it or two just fucking break up
0: yeah he's sad about how they used to be mad love and now they've got bad blood
1: yes I fucking exactly. hate you let's move on to the next song <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah okay
0: next is peace there is
3: I pulled
2: you said that this was one that you didn't really have anything to say about because you're like, I don't know, it's just whatever. This is yeah, one like of- Yeah,
0: at this point yeah. in the album, my my brain had just kind of shut off, and I was like, he sounds like he's saying bees instead of peace, and that's all I could think of <laughs> to say.
2: God, now I'm going to think that every time I listen to this song, probably. Um, yeah. Like, Pandages has never left my brain for Bandages by Hot Hot Heat, and th- that persists. <laughs> anyway-
1: So he's counting all the flowers- Waste the precious hours. I need to find some bees because
2: he needs to pollinate the flowers. He does need to pollinate the flowers. This it is makes sense if you think about it. One of the songs on Make Believe that I like more. Like this is one of the songs that I would put on a Weezer playlist, even though like like that's not just like Blue Album and Pinkerton. I don't think it's necessarily like a great song lyrically because like, once again it's Weezer. There's no changing that. It's Weezer. Um, but I do kind of feel like this song is just melodically kind of nice to me and it's not like offensive.
1: I, well, it's very it's all inwardly directed. It doesn't it barely involves other people. It's an anxiety depression song, which clearly Rivers has dealt with a lot in his time. And for yeah. once, he's not blaming woman for it. Yeah. It's kind of about
0: how he can't he can't cope with his rock and roll lifestyle anymore.
2: Yeah, like, I need to find some peace. He says he's at the end of his rope. Like, he, I mean, most, half of the song is woes, which is kind of nice not to me. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know, like, I think, I feel like if this was like the last album Weezer did in this kind of style, it would be better lyrically, because it's like, I really do feel like I feel like Weezer just never emotionally grew at all. And so being kind of like, oh no, like, I can't cope with this lifestyle. I'm like this. It's just, I don't know. Like, they never did anything about it. Every single thing they complain about on this album, they never fixed ever. In fact, like, then they wrote Can't Stop Partying, which is just like the same thing. The same thing, but a worse song. Well, I mean, worse. Okay. Worse in some ways. But more fun in other ways.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I feel like that's where he went, right? He's basically, like, after this album, he wrote a lot less sad songs. True. He just, he seemed to focus a lot more on the fun stuff after this.
2: Yeah, because I'm thinking, like... For better or worse. Red Album was the one that came out after that that had Pork and Beans, The Greatest Man That Ever Lived is kind of, like, a little tongue-in-cheek. Then they had... Um, I don't know, there's a couple kind of, like, downer songs on the Red Album, but not, like, half the album. And then Ratitude and Hurley. Ratitude has a lot of upbeat, I don't want to call them jams because they're, like, not good, but, like, there's a lot of songs on Ratitude that I, like, regrettably think are extremely fun. Also that
1: picture of the dog, he just looks like he's having so much fun. He's
2: having so much fun. Didn't Rain Wilson take that photo or something?
1: No, Rain Wilson
2: named the album. Oh, he named the album. Okay, okay. I knew he was related to it. He's somehow. related
1: to it somehow. Like, literally, it's just like Rivers Cuomo was watching a bunch of TV and that informed all his albums. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, the Weezer song that I get most frequently stuck in my head is White Album, I think. I don't know. If you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to.
2: That's not White Album. That's okay. Ratitude.
1: That is Ratitude. Okay, so yeah, it's Ratitude. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's a song on Taylor Swift's album Lover that sounds so much like that song. It's Paper Rings. And if you listen to. Paper Rings by Taylor Swift. It is impossible to not think about if you're wondering if you want me to, I want you to.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah, that song plays at my work all the time. That's why it gets stuck in my head.
2: Really? In 20... I almost said 2018. In 2020? My work's
1: music selection does not make any goddamn sense. All right. They play Carly Rae Jepsen every once in a while, so don't get too mad at them.
2: That's fair.
0: I'm just remembering, uh, related to if you're wondering if I want you to, um, when I was living... um, in I think my first apartment uh, with my wife MJ, uh, Your we wife? had
1: my wife my wife my wife.
0: Um, <laughs> we had a couple of friends who rented an apartment a few doors down from us, and one of them got uh like a a one of those electric crepe makers, and um so she invited us over for breakfast and. She was uh, like humming that song to herself, and we made up lyrics to it about. Uh, if you're wondering if I want a crepe, I want a crepe, so make a crepe
1: because I, I ain't got a crepe. <laughs> now I want a crepe. Yeah, I have to get crepes this weekend.
2: Honestly, that song is really fun to me. It's it's one of their better later. Songs. I mean, if you want to talk about their later music, you should just have Trevor on. Because I know that he really likes, like, the White Album and stuff. Yeah. And I have not even touched it. Because I'm afraid to. I'm afraid to touch anything that came out after, I want to say, Hurley.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have uh, Mr. Arab Strap on it again at some point, I'm sure.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, we did just have him on.
0: We did. <laughs> All
1: uh, right, but no, so next we need up. to talk about We're All on Drugs now.
3: When you're out with your friends.
1: I think this actually might be the best song on the album.
0: (laughs) We were just talking
2: before recording about how terrible it is. (laughs) It is. It's not a good... Lyrically, this is... Like, lyrically, this is the worst song on the album. It's
1: so fucking stupid. But it's so fun. (laughs) It
2: is... It is extreme Weezer to me. Because, like, these are the simplest lyrics of all time. When you're out with your friends In your new Mercedes Benz And you're on drugs
0: yeah i mean although he says it like you're on drugs which sounds like he's saying you're on chunks um (laughs) so drugs huh yeah um
1: i i always hear it as on jugs
2: yeah okay
1: that's what it is uh but no (laughs) it's very much just wow society huh
2: we live in a society. This is such a we
1: live in a society song. Um, it is. But I, I just find it really, really funny that this song was like extremely controversial when it came out because people saw the title of it and they're like, whoa, they're
2: talking about drugs. All our kids are going to want to do drugs because <laughs> we are so cool and they're going to want to be just like Rivers Cuomo, famously cool man. Like, it's <laughs> it's literally just like.
1: Wow. You know, you remember when you remember when Marx said that religion is the opiate of the masses? I think he was really on to something with that one, that we just like constantly need to be like with some kind of
2: drug. But it might not even be like a real drug. It could he, he's it's like fame? Fame it, is a drug. It could be like gambling. Or money. <laughs> or sex or it's, food. The, this song the I think that it
0: was. Controversial. The fact that it was controversial when this song came out to just have the word drugs in the title makes me think of how, like, in the 90s, like, the band Lit uh, got into controversy because they said, like, I-, I scared the living shit out of me in a song. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one is... Uh, First is- of
1: all, the verses to this song are to the tune of the Schoolyard Diarrhea song.
0: It is.
2: So you keep saying <laughs> that, but I don't know what yeah <laughs> Yeah.
0: Uh, when you're when you're sitting on the pot and you feel something hot, diarrhea, Di- oh, diarrhea. Oh, yeah, diarrhea.
2: yeah. Okay, never mind. I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> so,
1: when you twitch in your seat because you want to hit the street, diarrhea, diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and the best of your days will all vanish in the haze, diarrhea, diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, no, this is also the song with the most... Um, uh, Robert Mitchum describes in the review that this album is full of Mother Goose rhymes. Um, yeah, in, in in the in the feeling of it being like schoolyard chants, this is the song that has the most of them. Okay. Like the entire song is built on them. But, yeah, like, so
0: could have written fun.
2: <laughs> Weezer could have written
0: a... "Jingle Bells." Batman smells,
2: and you cause such a fuss because there's no one you can trust. <laughs> 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 A teacher. And oh, hold on, hold like on, a- hold
1: on, hold on. The best one. When you're out with your friends in your new Mercedes-Benz diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, you cause such a fuss there's no one you can trust. Is like when you're a teacher and someone puts, like, a laxative in your coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> California's got sunshine. Hanging out with your friends. <laughs>
2: Oh, what a song. But yeah, yeah,
1: Kato, it's not the best song on the album. It's not a particularly good song, but I think it very much accomplishes what it's going for, which I feel like is not true of almost any other song on this album.
2: That's a good point.
1: Like, it's just so, it is absolutely meant to be as silly as it is, and I think he accomplishes it. Mm -hmm. And also just, like, putting the fucking, like, sludge metal-ass guitars on it. Is so funny considering the lyrical content of the song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he he's he's like trying to evoke like a stoner rock aesthetic, which he is absolutely not equipped for. No, and it's it makes it's such a funny contrast. Like it's a very well produced song, um, for what it's for what it's setting out to do. And yeah, yeah, no. The think- guitars
0: really are sludgy now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: and the bad the bad lyrics are the effect of it.
2: Yeah. But yeah.
1: if you want a song about how we are all on drugs and it's ruining our life, listen to Because I Got High by Afro Man, because it's a better song.
2: You gotta <laughs> Weezer, yeah. I feel like like this this is your brain on drugs. If they wanted to make that commercial effective, they'd be like your songwriting will be like Weezers.
1: <laughs> now I'm just thinking about how like the way that the their the, the guitars are used in this song. Is really similar to how the guitars are used in the song "Hash Pipe."
2: Dun, 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 yep. dun, 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 dun.
1: like they 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 a lot of like really like kind of like circular chords and like a really like a, a kind of heavy rhythm guitar basis in both of them, and they're the drug song. They are the drug. Really songs. makes you think. He's got his
2: hash pipe. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I
1: definitely like. I merged the era of, like, Green Album to make believe into, like, one section. As you should. Well, just, like, they they all are, like, this is when I was, like, you know in a stage in my life where I didn't really think of music in albums yet. Like, that really started after I joined the forum in 2006. Mm-hmm. So, all these songs being pre-that, like, they all just kind of merged together because it's like the period of time from when I was 10 to when I was 14. Like, I didn't know shit or anything.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do kind of group them because I group Blue Album and Pinkerton together and I group, like, uh, I feel like I might group- You
1: group these three together and then you pretty much group Red Album and everything after it together. I,
2: I actually feel like I group Green Album and Maladroit together and then I feel like I group maybe Make Believe in Rod album together, and then everything after that... They just started
1: releasing albums quickly. So like it's, it's kinda hard yeah, to
2: it's partly because so the Red Album came out when I was in high school and Make Believe came out maybe I was in grade eight or something. You would have been in
1: grade eight, yeah. Yeah.
2: And so like and then everything after that came out after I graduated high school. So like Ratitude came out like the year I graduated or like right after that. So yeah. that I grouped them together kinda of for that reason.
1: Yeah, it's May two it's May two thousand five. Yeah. So we would have still been in the in, in, in the in eight. the eighth grade.
2: Yeah. Makes sense. I think I got into Weezer in like grade six or seven, maybe. Let's
0: see, grade six. I was, I think I was still into uh, Eiffel 65 in grade six.
2: Nice. I love the idea of being into <laughs>
0: Eiffel 65, just conceptually. Yeah. It's very funny yeah. to me.
2: Yeah. Middle school I had their was, album, it was good. Middle school was a time for music, because that was when I was very Simple Plan, Weezer, uh, Green Day, Blink-182- of course. Um,
1: this is the period of time where, um, as as mentioned on Friends of the Pod, Slappers Only, which is about video game music, um, that period of time overlaps with the period of time where I had one of those, like, triangular prism Sony MP3 players that fit 128 megabytes of music, and every single song on it was from the Halo soundtrack. That's
2: incredible. <laughs> You're so good. I love you. Um, I'm just thinking of, like, the other music I listened to that came out in this region because I like I was just thinking oh grade eight that's when I saw American Idiot like that's when I saw Green Day on their American Idiot tour and just thinking about how much better of an album and how much more it holds up than this one does or like for example Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge which I think it came out a year before this album and I think about how Make Believe opens with Beverly Hills and Three Cheers opens with Helena which is like the the best song they've ever made. They were like, we're gonna put this as the opening track of our first album and then Yeah. Fucking them. Yeah, it else. was like
1: we Weezer and Green Day, you could you could call their, their trajectories relatively similar, given when like their initial albums got critical praise and then like the huge gap in time and then like kinda coming back. But like Green Day did it a lot more gracefully at least for a while. Well,
2: Green Day Green Day started kind of like middling like they started out as very just like stoner rock and then they're then they put out like a couple more albums that were like poppier. A little pop. Well, they didn't really become poppier until well, I don't think they became popular until they put out American Idiot. Like this is extremely derailing, but like um <laughs> Green Day managed
0: like, to stay relevant by getting political.
2: But like the reason why I feel like Green Day Green Day and Weezer don't have the same trajectory is because they both started out like kind of around the same, but then they both went middling, but then Green Day went up a lot for American Idiot. Like that was just like a hugely popular album that a lot of people really loved, but then they became like just like a downward trajectory. And Weezer never had like a, oh, the album they put out in 2004 was actually really good. They never had one of (laughs) those.
1: I I, I, I didn't really... Trajectory was the wrong word. I just meant like timeline and their trajectories have been very different over that timeline. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's that's probably a more apt comparison. Um, Rivers Cuomo does not like talk about current events or other music, which I feel like is no. to his benefit. Uh, because every time Green Day man opens his mouth, I want to punch him. <laughs> I have no idea what he talks. Oh about. Oh my god, he now. had this whole like campaign about how like their newest album had no Swedish producers and no synthesizers. Oh god! And no it's sense. like I remember oh, okay. that now.
2: Why are you
1: making an album with no sense? Why would you make an album with no sense? What the fuck is wrong with you?
2: Like I just never listened <laughs> to any of their albums after American Idiot, and I just pretend they never made any more. Like it's a
1: shame right. none of the songs were good because then I'd be like, we need Nikki Flowers to insult him. Uh, by making a version of these songs that are on synths, but the songs aren't good, so I wouldn't subject Nikki to that.
2: Yeah. That's fair.
1: Like regrettably Mar- Morrissey did actually write good songs. It's just he sucks. Yeah.
0: Speaking of uh speaking of synths, um I'm now remembering that uh, the Moog Cookbook did a synth version of Buddy Holly. Oh
1: my god they did. <laughs> they that's did a- and I'll it was show it to on, you afterwards. Uh, it's good.
0: I think it was on their first album. Um yeah, I I,
1: it, I don't like the Moog Cookbook albums are just the same album to me.
0: Yeah, Pitchfork hates them. Uh <laughs> both Moog Cookbook albums yeah. got like a really, really low score on Pitchfork. Not low um, enough
1: for us to cover, unfortunately. But yeah, not great. I anyway. got like
0: they got like fours, I think.
1: Yeah. Just using eighty cents to make covers of pop songs. It's that sounds fun, It's a fun concept. Um, yeah. we should get and they this were dressed album.
0: like astronauts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the next is the damage in your heart. Which I think more is like, the damage like in your
1: fart. more like the damage in your <laughs> fart. That's what it should be
0: called. <laughs> Many people are saying the damage in your fart is the thing. Um, um, this, this is another insult kind of, anthem. Uh, isn't it?
2: Yeah, this song sucks. I'm, yeah. like I'll listen to it and it's like whatever. I don't hate it, but it's not. This is one of the like weaker songs on the album to me.
1: I can't tell you how the world's words have made me feel.
2: Rivers, you have a fucking English degree. Figure it out. (laughs) has an English degree. He, I don't understand. You're 35 years old at the point that this album came out. You can talk to other people. You can say the words you're thinking.
1: Perhaps try speak to women. Yeah. But also never talk to another woman ever again. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Musically, this song makes me... um... It makes me think of that era of like 90s alt rock uh, that like the Goo Goo Dolls uh, were a big part of um like it kind of shines away from the the power he pop. That's rips.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's just like are, totally it to makes me think of that. To
2: see me. Remember how that yeah. song
1: was written about Nicolas Cage vehicle city of angels?
2: I forgot that. My entire relation to that song is my friend used to watch Harry Potter shipping videos. And there is one that she watched over and over set to Iris for Harry and Hermione back in like the t- the 2000s. And this tracks
1: so yeah. much. Just just like uh, Howie Day collide was also used in shipping videos. Oh, of
2: course. And now I just exclusively relate. No, now, now
1: it's it, now it's about Nathan Fielder. Now
2: it is. Yeah, the album art for Collide <laughs> in my phone is literally a picture of Nathan Fielder doing Kubrick stare. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there, there's not really much to say about this song. It's really, okay. It starts out though. One more time, I have crossed the line. Oh my god, why are you such a dick to the people that you date? Why are you like this? Change yourself. Change your personality.
1: Now you won't be mine, Mother Goose line. <sighs> yeah. Rhyming smoke with hope is unforgivable. Go to fucking rhyme jail.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then he just says anymore, and that's one line. Yeah, I just... this. The reason the song sucks... Like, okay, so, like, it's, musically, it's whatever, don't give... It's boring, it's not... I can't even
1: recall it. It's
2: not even... I know how it goes because I've listened to this song enough times, but, like... Lyrically, this song is one of the worst on the whole album because it's like he's basically saying he crossed a line, but you should just let it go. The like, damage
1: in your heart, let it go. You need to get over your baggage so that I can continue being in this relationship in a way that makes me happy.
2: Yeah, like it's literally just like, <laughs> forgive me, just stop Stop having damage, and even though I- can, Stop having
1: damage I caused.
2: Yeah, because he even says in the song that he crossed the line himself. It's not even just like, let go the the damage from your past relationships. It's like, let go of how I hurt you. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Rivers? Anyway, that's the mood of the album.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Th- this one, uh, yeah, the, the, there's a pretty good harmony going on in the chorus, a good chord progression, but- uh, yeah, lyrically again, it's just one of those where you wish he wouldn't he wouldn't.
1: It's all like this whole album is either an incel anthem or like a troubled relationship anthem, but like he keeps writing the same song. He has 3 different songs on this album. The the, the goofy <laughs> satire, the troubled relationship and the incel. It could have just been an EP with 3 songs.
2: Yeah, and the trouble—the troubled relationship—is very still. The trouble is all him. But it's very much the same character who's the incel. It's like, oh, I finally got to be in a relationship, but I, but they, women still hate me. Women have
1: emotion.
2: They do. Women
1: not just whole.
2: Women. Not that's actually just a pretty whole.
0: good. Uh, that's actually a pretty good band name: Incel and the Troubled Relationship. <laughs> 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 that's so. his side project.
1: Yeah. And then he one of the songs on the album is Women Not Just Whole? Question <laughs> mark?
3: Terrible. Uh, we got pardon me. So I apologize to you and to anyone else that I
0: yeah
2: this is where this one... the album turns into the parts where like because I did listen to a decent amount of it as a teenager, but then the almost the entire rest of the album is where I kind of just dropped off and never really got that into.
1: How the fuck are there still four songs after this?
2: Well, I think <laughs> that two of the remaining songs are good, but this is, is like this is just forgettable. Like the song isn't even like terrible. It's just like extremely bland and boring. This just sounds like a generic weezer song.
0: This one isn't the Shrek one, is it?
2: No. That's <laughs> that's,
1: that's the literal Nexon, yes.
2: Yeah.
0: It does um, sound, though, like it should be in the opening credits of a movie, like like a Disney live-action movie from 2009 or so.
2: Yeah, it's, com- it's... Only if you don't use the lyrics. It kind of sounds yeah. like someone took the rest of Make-Believe and put it through a computer that would, like, auto-generate what it an approximation of a make-believe song.
1: If you told me that these lyrics were all from other songs in this album, I'd believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading them right now. I'm like, didn't we already read this song?
2: We basically did, because it's just like, <laughs> I hurt you. I apologize to you. And I'm not perfect. I can learn self-control. Forgive me. Pardon me.
1: I do like that he ends it with the uh, pardon me, my friend. I really want a friend. And then it goes into the next song, which is is called My Best Friend. Yeah. That's like the only inspired trackless choice on the whole album.
2: That's got to be a coincidence too. Oh yeah, there's no there way there. he did that. There is a
0: line in this song that we need to talk about, which is "I may not be a perfect soul, but I can learn self-control," you which cannot. is the least, the least true thing that Rivers Cuomo has well, yeah, ever said.
1: I, I posted it in our in the Discord with doubt.jpg. Like okay, Rivers,
2: <laughs> this is your fifth album. And you have been saying the same line for, like, five albums. You, okay, may, I don't think he actually had any lines like that on the Blue Album. May, uh, maybe he did. But, like, you clearly cannot learn anything. Ever. I'm,
0: no. I'm looking directly at uh, their at their cover of Africa with, uh, by Toto with Weird Al in response to this line.
1: The thing about... All of their covers is like they would be interesting if they were covers that made them sound like weezer songs, but they're not. It's just them doing the song as it was, yes, yeah. which that. is such a fucking boring way to cover,
2: yeah, make it make it your own, although
1: yeah. no no white band should ever cover Africa by Toto.
2: no, nah. the whole
1: point of the song I mean, like not to say Toto isn't white, they all were, um, but yeah. the whole point of the song is you know, like it's it's a white man's idea of Africa. The, the song mm-hmm. is supposed to be making fun of people. It doesn't read like that because it wasn't very clear. And also, you know, you didn't have the internet to look up, like, the the intentions of the singers when a song comes out. But, like, it's very like that. and That, that is why I do contend that Toto's Africa is the whitest song ever made. Yeah. Um, there are other white songs, but they are that song is so fucking white dude
2: it is very white i guess it's one of those ones where it's like this could be kind this this is probably kind of cringe if you read it literally but then you're like but it slaps though so even if it's cringe, oh yeah no yeah read
1: any lyrics on toto's africa and that is a cringe-ass song
2: yeah it's very it is yeah it slaps though
0: there's so many better toto songs yeah <laughs> I this can't confirm
2: or
1: deny this. I do not know many Toto songs. Yeah, same.
0: <laughs> the, the the only other one that I'm immediately that immediately comes to mind is Rosanna.
1: Yeah. I mean the thing about Toto is that they're all they're all professional session musicians, so like they're all very yeah. good at what they do.
2: Yeah, they're gonna make good shit.
1: They're gonna make stuff that sounds cool
0: regardless. Uh up next is, as we mentioned, my best friend. And I'm pretty sure this one definitely went on a few CDRs given to uh, friends back in the day. So
1: (laughs) I remember I originally wrote it about some guy I met and then Shrek 2, I I love the phrasing, and then Shrek 2 asked us if we had a song. (laughs) Not like the producers of
0: Shrek 2, but Shrek 2 itself.
2: Yeah, Brian Shrek. Hey,
0: Weezer, you've got a song for me.
1: And I remember that song. Let me think about showing it to them. And originally, they thought it sounded too much like it was written for Shrek, because this guy was kind of ogreish and it made me laugh. So I had to change the lyrics so it sounded less Shrek like. And after all of that, it did not end up on the soundtrack to Shrek 2. Good. Instead, The Counting Crows were were there. Good.
0: Yeah, because they did Accidentally in Love, right?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this song would have been used in the same point in the movie, because I can't really think of anywhere else in Shrek 2 that this would work.
2: Yeah, I have no idea. It, it sounds
1: like it would work in an opening section, and Accidentally in Love was, you know, very good for that section of the movie. Oh, for sure. It's a good song. Um, Re- Weezer would not end up on a Shrek soundtrack until Shrek Forever After in 2010, Oof. where they do a cover of I'm a Believer. Ugh. Oh, boy. Which is like that, the yeah. third time that I'm a Believer has been covered for a Shrek soundtrack, <laughs> because the first movie had Eddie Smash Mouth and Eddie Murphy's versions of it.
2: Why would anyone uh-huh. other than, why would they ever do anything other than play Eddie Murphy's version? His is just great. I believe, 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 Yeah. Hey, remember the
1: Shrek and the Swamp karaoke dance party? I sure do.
2: I still know all the words. They <laughs> <laughs> used to put my DVD player on A, B, repeat for the entire dance party and then just watch it over. Yeah. Her.
1: I had a VHS of Shrek. And I watched the karaoke <laughs> dance party on repeat by manually rewinding to the start of it.
2: Wow. And then, of My course, main
0: memory of the Shrek DVD is leaving it on the menu forever and just hearing Donkey going, me, me, pick me for like three hours.
1: <laughs> okay. And then, of course, I got an, an MP3 of the Shrek and the Swamp karaoke dance party, which is not on the soundtrack to Shrek. It is only, it is just on the DVD. It's mm. kind of fucked up. But I got an MP3 of it off of Kazaa.
2: I see. Okay. I, I have an MP3 of it on my currently my current. I iPhone. might be wrong, but there's no
1: way I'm looking this up. And don't tell me if I'm wrong because I don't care.
2: It's fine. I have an MP3 <laughs> of it on my current phone, so yeah, naturally. Naturally, yeah. This is another one
0: where this is another one where Rivers does the like call and response with the with the band where he says something and then the band says something and then he says something.
2: Yeah. I literally don't know what this song sounds like, and I've listened to it twice in the last day. (laughs) I literally see the title, and my brain starts playing Queen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
1: When the guitar started playing in this song... I didn't actually see the title. I was just I I was playing it from like a YouTube playlist in another tab. Well I was just like I was just switching the the genius tabs as I went along as I as I tend to do. And I'm like, oh this is definitely the Shrek song. And then I click over to the next tab and I'm like, yes yeah, the Shrek song. <laughs> I
2: didn't know there was a Shrek
1: song. <laughs> well I mean it wasn't a Shrek song. It was no. the song that he wanted to use I for. I know, Shrek. but I
2: didn't even know that they had that. I didn't know that there was a song from this that was like maybe gonna be on maybe Shrek.
1: Maybe gonna be in Shrek. Anyway, I'm just gonna walk around the apartment singing this at Looker. <laughs> In yeah. the last
0: twenty years, the, the, in the last twenty years, there has been developed a genre of music called Shrek song.
1: Yeah, it's either like upbeat, slightly alt rock, or an eels song,
2: or a ballad. Because yeah. you could be Hallelujah. You could, it oh, could yeah. be Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah is
1: a Shrek song now.
2: <laughs> it just is.
1: It just is.
0: <laughs> that famous scene in Shrek One where he sings Hallelujah to himself. <laughs>
1: It's good. I'm trying to remember, whose version did they use in that movie
2: again? Is it not Rufus Wainwright? I, I
0: think don't it know. Is. God. I'm
2: pretty sure it's
1: Hallelujah. It's so hard to spell when my keyboard's on an angle. Also,
2: Hallelujah is a fake word.
1: I mean, it's just Hebrew.
2: Is it? Yeah, it was I Rufus, Rufus Wainwright. I'm right. Yeah, that tracks. I listened to it enough times. Yeah. And then they used the original
1: Leonard Cohen one in Watchmen when they fucked.
2: <laughs> yeah? Good for them.
0: I- I'm now remembering, uh, because I watched, uh, I-, I watched the Blu-ray of Sin City earlier. Uh, that string of 2000s comic book movies with washed-out colors, and now my my brain hurts.
1: I mean, that did look pretty fucking sick.
0: Yeah, like there was that. There was 300. There was fucking uh, God. There was shoot 'em up. Um, <laughs> there was wanted.
1: Yeah, but like Sin City was particularly good because it just used accent colors, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, that was like, its whole there thing. Was, there was all the blood was red, uh, except for certain parts where it was too gory. Yeah. And then, like, uh, there was the yellow guy, and, like, the one lady's eyes were blue, um, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, like, that's a good use of it. And also, like, the scenes were well lit enough that the black and white didn't look like shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, now we have The Other Way.
3: A
2: Yeah. Song. I think the song's good.
0: They're definitely at this point in the album masters of sticking to the genre. <laughs> like, this was the point this was the point in the album where I was begging for it something that sounded a little different.
1: <laughs> for it to end. This song is Easily Distracted Boyfriend, the meme. Um, he doesn't want to deal with the mortifying ordeal of being known in his relationship so he's looking the other way he's looking elsewhere
2: he is looking the other way although i did really find the genius sanitation just like weird because it's just like no like the, the the original one like the the quote about it yeah. um when he says he wrote it about jennifer chiba after elliot died elliot smith okay and he wanted to console her but was confused and skeptical about his own motives for wanting to do it. And so it's like, I want to hold you, but I'm afraid. I want to touch you, but not that way. I don't, lyrically, I'm like, okay.
1: Rivers Cuomo isn't capable of showing Intimacy towards a woman without it being the idea of wanting to fuck her because he cannot see women as anything other than a whole.
2: Yeah. I think that's what this
1: song is.
2: Yeah. And I feel like like the actual lyrics I'm kind of just like, whatever, I don't give a shit. They're fine. They're are Weezer lyrics. They're weezer lyrics. But like I do think the song goes off when it has a harmonica solo. Because I think just yeah. any harmonica solo is gonna make a song better. And it makes is an that act. this one or is it the next it's one? It's this one, it's this one. Oh, no, sorry, it's not this one. It's not even this song. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, no, this one is fine.
1: Okay. Yeah, Freak Me Out has the harmonica solo.
2: <laughs> right. I love this how much you,
1: just, you blend these all together. They're the
2: same song. Okay, yeah, this is whatever. It's definitely one of the worst. Let's just get. Let's just
1: move to the next one. Fuck one this. One of
2: the worst songs I've heard about being related to the death of Elliot Smith, but okay. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they wish it was Ripcord.
2: They wish yeah, it fr- was. Yeah, okay, yeah, so Freak Me Out. Freak Me Out.
3: so afraid of you and when i lose my cool i don't know what to do i know you don't mean no harm you're just doing your thing but man you really freak me out
2: did i hurt you are you okay? this is the harmonica one and this is the one where i was like oh my god rivers is tavros wait a minute just a sec <laughs> Is Rivers Cuomo a valid troll name?
1: No, he doesn't have enough Rivers. letters in his last name. Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's close.
1: Um, according to Weezerpedia, this song was written about a spider.
2: They are all gray on the album cover. You could easily put horns on them.
1: <laughs> you could,
3: but should you?
2: Yes, <laughs> you should. But yeah, no, it's very funny to consider. I, I
1: read the thing about this being about a spider before I started listening to it, and I had like no preconceived notions about it. And it's just very funny going through the lyrics of this song and then getting to, can I buy you a drink? Imagine just buying a drink for a spider.
2: I can't, because it would just be like, hang out with me, Riska. Uh, I guess this song,
1: is, about, this song is actually just about Riska.
2: It is. <laughs> and, okay, wait, I have a question for you, Matt. Do you think that Rivers Cuomo would be more valid if we considered relationships in terms of quadrants instead of just, instead of just Red Rom that humans experience? I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to walk out of this room. I'm just feeling like, I feel like maybe he would be more valid as a person if, like, Kismisistitude existed. I hate this. (laughs) Because it's like, hate relationships are a thing. So maybe treating someone badly in that kind of sense is, like, a little different than how we see it.
1: If it's mutual, as opposed to him just being shitty to people who are, you know. Yeah, exactly. Who will care for him in various ways for
0: some reason.
2: Yeah. Anyway
0: Listen to Hamsteak Podcast
2: Listen to Hamsteak Podcast Listen to Hamsteak Podcast This song is about a spider And Yeah This is the harmonica song Okay so this is the song Where I'm like Okay go off on that harmonica
1: I don't know why Rivers Cuomo thinks that spider Would feel better After being bought a drink This makes me believe This song may actually be About a person Rather than a spider
2: (laughs) 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 A random
1: nobody. I would also assume that when you hit a spider, it'd be very clear they are in fact not okay. Spiders are really fragile. Yeah, give that one an upvote. That's extreme. Oh, never mind. I don't want to log in.
2: That's extremely we good. We love you, spider. Oh. Harmonica solo is the you know the highlight of the whole album, and then
1: this is the other one where I'm like, I'm glad this song like manages to sound different from the rest of the album. Yeah. Um,
0: it sounds like 2010s pop to me. It sounds like something you'd hear from like uh, Bastille or something like that.
1: Hmm. Jacking off went back in time to produce this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: maybe this is why this is one of the ones I like more.
0: It could, yeah, because like it it doesn't read the same way musically to me as the rest of the album up to this point does.
2: That's mm-hmm. because Rivers Cuomo respects spiders more than he respects women. <laughs> but then how does he feel about women spiders? Probably mixed. Ooh,
0: He hates their hole.
2: <laughs> he does. Can't fuck a spider. At least not a small no. one. Well,
1: let's move on. (laughs) Anyway,
2: this I think is actually my favorite song on the album Um, Haunt You Every Day. Like a great song, but I just do still think it's my favorite on the album. It's-
0: the, yeah, the the minor key is actually a little bit jarring, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised about this one. Yeah. Is this song written from the perspective of Riska?
2: Maybe?
1: <laughs>
0: we can't keep doing this.
2: this. This is the song, if it was Haunt You Every Day, it would be from the perspective of a radio. I guess um, you're right. But... Yeah, this is the one that's a, a technically a piano song. This one is hilarious because what was it like they he they were told like, "Oh, why don't you write a song that's like kind of like Billy Joel or Elton John?" So he was like, "Okay, so I wrote a piano song. It doesn't sound anything like either of those artists, but I no. did play the piano." Yeah, yeah. cuz
1: the thing about Billy Joel or Elton John is that they're playing with both hands on the piano <laughs> and they're like, you know, playing notes with their right hand in addition to the power chords that they're doing with their left hand, but the only thing Rivers Cuomo understands is power chords. So he was just, like, slamming power chords with his left hand, and they suck, and Rick Rubin put them way down in the mix. Yeah. They are barely audible. <laughs> yeah. <You>
2: this know- <laughs>
0: one kind of sounds like, um, th- this one made made me think of, uh, the the kind of, uh, bands that my wife is really into, um, like, she was in high school between 1999 and 2003, and so she's really into, like, uh, like, Seether and Breaking Benjamin. Ooh, and th- yeah. And this- this kind of reads, like, one of their- uh, one of their big hits to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, if you- if you kind of, like, changed the instrument- it made the instrumentation a little more intense. Yeah. yeah. Like, these lyrics would fit on a Breaking Benjamin song.
2: I would love yeah. to hear this song done as a mashup versus- Taylor Swift haunted from her hit album Speak Now. Just like she's the one being haunted and he's haunt you every day. I'd like to see that.
1: And then mix it up with Ghosting by Mother Mother, which is also about haunting.
2: Yeah. Well, that song just slaps on its own. I yeah, yeah. You can't ruin that.
1: <laughs> you couldn't do that to Mother Mother Ghosting.
2: No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this song is just like, I don't know. This is kind of like a depression song to me. because He's like, I don't feel joy or pain, which mood <laughs> Uh, I I'm imagine
1: saying, feeling in 2020 in 2005 in, in, in this economy in this
2: economy uh, <laughs> yeah I don't know this song just sounds good to me like even if I don't listen to lyrics well especially if I don't listen to lyrics it's like yeah this song just sounds good to me I like to, to like play it in the car this yeah. is pretty much all I have to say about it yeah <laughs> even though it's the best song on the
0: album <laughs> It's fine. That's the thing about Weezer songs is that even when they're, even when they're, you you think you have something to say about them, you really don't.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which is why i Because they've I'm, kind I'm of impressed-
0: already said the whole thing for you.
1: I'm impressed at how many paragraphs this Pitchwork review has.
2: I was yeah. impressed at how long it was, but at the same time I was like, they really don't touch on a lot of the album in this like specifically. Like they kind of just talk, I mean, you don't have to, because you can just say most of the songs are about the same thing yeah. and you've done it.
0: Yeah, and I then do that's like- a that's a review.
1: Yeah, I I love that. Um, I we did we didn't really touch on this, but Beverly Hills really is just I love rock and roll, huh? Yeah, it's like the same
0: dun, dun, basis of the dun, song. Dun dun. Yeah. Dun dun.
1: I
2: do also love the comparison of Rivers Cuomo doing like the speak singing and how they say it's like I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is very much it is very much that LFO. Yeah. I say that LFO because of course me and David know the other LFO.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean the-, <laughs> the thing is, it is very much like that song because it's not objectively good, but I will play it and listen to it and enjoy it, even though it's bad.
1: The thing is about I Love Rock and Roll is that it led former fans of Joan Jet to throw stuff at her in concerts because they hated it so much. Hmm. <laughs>
0: She doesn't give a damn about her bad reputation, though. Is the thing that's true? She doesn't.
1: Thank you. That is also Shrek. (laughs) That's the Shrek connection. We got it. We got it in one.
2: True. What was an album? I can't believe we got through the entire album without referencing. Ooh, ooh, I am gonna kill Joe Biden. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm gonna shoot him with my gun. Yeah, we didn't do it the whole time. That's impressive for us. We've been singing it constantly in our apartment.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could we could just change the lyrics uh, to fill the new Noise Space mandate. Um, <laughs> we, you, I am gonna kill Jeff
2: Bezos with a gun <laughs> that I bought on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Noise Space is, uh, is now, we're not on Amazon Podcasts. Because we didn't want to be, but also because they, you can't host a podcast on there that disparages Amazon. And yes. that's just impossible it's for It's impossible. Us. We can't do that. Yeah, so I don't
0: know. Noise Space's flagship program has already disparaged Amazon too many countless times. So <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there was no chance that that was going to happen.
2: No. But yeah,
1: mu- much like any of the, the sub four reviews, basically any review that we're going to be doing that's a bad review, um, it's probably like a little harsh
0: yeah, 0.4 like, is too low to me. It's really a fun review to read, but yes. at the same time, it's like, oof, dude. I, th-
1: I think he did a very good job describing all the reasons why he actually hates the album. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a good review, which I can't really say for most of the low reviews. Like, it doesn't really, it does seem like it comes from some place of feeling betrayed by the music. Yeah. But not in a way that's, like, very personal. Which is how a lot of the other ones are.
2: Yeah, well, Mm because you can tell that he did listen to Weezer's earlier albums. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you're just getting worse and doing the same formula, but worse. And it's just not like you can't like if this was like their debut album, it would be different than like coasting off the fame of their first album. Right. And I feel like the review, the written review is it, I don't think it's too harsh. I think it's completely fair. I think it's hilarious, which is, like, I, I, <laughs> like the thing is, Weezer is successful enough that I really don't feel like getting a review like this is going to hurt them from the perspective of the people who will, like, who are ride or die for Weezer. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter. And then, like, I do think the numerical review is lower than it should be. I don't think it should have a good review. Like, I feel like, personally, this album is maybe, like, a 4.5 Or something. Okay. I don't think this is even Weezer's worst album. Like, by a nautical mile. Like, just... I'm trying to think of, like... By a cowboy mile. (laughs) No, I don't want a cowboy. But, like... (laughs) But, like, I'm just thinking, like, is it... It's definitely worse than Blue Album and Pinkerton. It's... Yeah, it's worse than the Green Album. I don't have particular fondness for the Green Album.
1: It has Island uh, in the Sun on it, which is better than any song yeah, here. Yeah, which
2: is also on Maladroit. Yes. And I do think that that's probably better than Make Believe 2. I don't think it's better than the Red Album. And I don't think it, I do think it's better than most of the other stuff they put out after the Red Album. But like, I also haven't listened to a lot of their really recent stuff. So I can't even really comment on that. But I don't know. I feel like it's just consistently mediocre. Like, that's the thing is it's not yeah. even like, it's not like I listen to it and I'm like, oh, my God, this is disgusting to my ears. It's not like, like, I would rather listen to Make Believe than, I, than like, 100 Gex.
0: It goes back to what we said about how they continue to only write for, uh, for, teen- for teens. And, like, that means now if they release a new album, you're not going to be into it because now you're in your late 20s. And it's not for you anymore.
2: That's kind of, yeah, that's true. And I'm trying to remember what the demographic was like at the Weezer concert I went to when I was like 19. And there were like some older fans there too. It wasn't all Mm -hmm. younger people, but like, yeah, it very much is. But at the same time, I really don't think Gen Z is like would ever like Weezer. <laughs> I don't think that they no no they not at all. Like even the ones who aren't yeah. into like millennials X might and have
0: stuff. been the the final Weezer generation,
2: <laughs> which is probably good. Like, they don't need to yeah. be encouraged anymore. Society has moved beyond the need for a Weezer generation. <laughs> like society has moved beyond the need for Weezer as a yeah. concept. Like I I will always really love the Blue Album, and I will always have a place in my heart for Pinkerton, even if I have a lot of... I, I think of it more critically now than I did before. But in terms of the music, yeah. I do still enjoy it a lot. Like, I, I would put Pinkerton on and still enjoy it. But, like, that's... that. Yeah, no. It's very much like, man, will pay Weezer a million dollars to stop making music forever, or whatever. That one <laughs> Not thing to happened. hand it
0: to Saturday Night Live or Lorne Michaels, but they did have a pretty funny sketch. Uh, like maybe a year ago about the old Weezer fan versus the new Weezer fan and it it just kind of it it kind of hit me in that sort of funny way that Saturday night live still oh does god. occasionally
2: there's new weezer fans
0: yeah <laughs> there's it was uh oh god it, it was whoever was hosting uh, that episode versus uh, Leslie Jones, who was like <laughs> the old school Weezer fan. And oh, they were okay. arguing about whether Pinkerton was better than Ratitude
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: God. O- over a family dinner.
1: <laughs> that, is, that is a funny concept for a comedy
2: sketch. Yeah, I would definitely watch yeah. that, even if it's SNL. That's very good.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. But, you know, Weezer. Yeah, that's Album. That's Album.
1: <laughs> yep. That's Album. That's Thoughts on Album. That's Thoughts on the Review. I think we got this. I think we
2: got that. It's it's in the bag. I think we do. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um. So I host a podcast also on Noise Space called City Girls Make Do with my good friend Alex, and it's a Sex and the City podcast. We're almost finished the, the main run of the series. We have like four episodes left before we get to the movies, Um. but I strongly recommend listening to it even if you've never seen sex in the city before if you're just curious at what like early 2000s or late 90s um hbo shows look like and you know how bad it was at everything Um, they had tits but no dragons yeah that's true they had tits but no dragons it's uh personally i really enjoy sex in the city kind of in a similar way that i enjoy weezer which is that it it was sure a Something that happened in the late 90s and early 2000s, and I have a lot of criticism of it, but I also have a lot of fondness of it. Um,
0: I I like uh, City Girls Make Do even though I'm not the hugest fan of that show mainly because I like looking at the episode title and then I have to go well I have to see where this phrase came up in the episode. <laughs>
2: yeah so we have a lot of really cursed episode titles and once we're finished with the main run of the show we're probably going to do a bracket where we put the, pit them against each other uh, yeah. so that'll be really fun so I'm excited for that and that's the only real podcast I do i have guested on a few others um I also, I guested on Age of Pods recently to talk about Sifian again, which was, because um, I talked about Sifian on this podcast once. Uh, so check out Age of Pods. It's a podcast about Sifian Stevens. I guested on the All Delighted People episode, because-
1: It's on our network page, so you can get a link to it from there. Yeah.
2: So that was fun. There you go. And yeah, if you want to find me otherwise, uh, I am on uh, Twitter at Age of Oddish, because I am a parody of myself, and I'm on Tumblr, <laughs> on Tumblr at Windfall Island.
0: Matt, you want to go next?
1: I'm Matt. I run the noised space. I podcast sometimes. I'm probably going to be on an H-Kip episode in like 30 minutes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, I also have a Pokemon podcast called Elite Full Restore that I update basically just when I feel like it. Um, I have a They Might Be Giants podcast that updates whenever me and Trevor can line up our schedules. I'm on this podcast on the other episodes you may have noticed. Um, There's me on it.
2: Unless it's about Fiona Apple. Unless it's
1: about Fiona Apple, in which case I am not legally allowed to be on it. And I guess I can Mm -hmm. also uh, further plug the episode of Slappers Only that I was on, uh, which is a video game music podcast where they basically just try to figure out what is the defining song of that video game soundtrack. And I was on episode two, which is about Halo 2. And the recent episode that just came out as we were recording um, is about Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, They are not continuing that trend and only doing uh, sequels further through. (laughs) As much as I would have loved to hear them discuss Bobby Prince's soundtrack for Commander Keen 4, Secret of the Oracle.
3: Yeah.
0: as As the proprietor of Noise Space, you can't allow any episode about Halo to not have you on it.
1: Well, I mean, uh, the Slappers only isn't on Noise Space. It is, uh, it is a separate venture currently. Uh, it will probably end up on Noise Space eventually. That's just how podcasts go.
2: But you're the overlord of podcasts. I am the
1: overlord of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, even
2: if they're not on Noise Space, you couldn't allow it.
1: I could not allow it. Yeah. They said they noise were doing space. an episode on Halo 2, and I'm like, that is that is 100% of what I listened to when I was in, like, middle school age. See,
2: they did this for you, yeah. but their very first episode was about Wind Waker, and I find out after when they're like, our first episode's coming out soon, and I'm like, oh, you should do Wind Waker because that's like my favorite soundtrack of all time. And then they were like, oh yeah, that's her first episode. And I was like, ah! You got owned. I got owned. But then they were like, you should come on for Link's Awakening. And I was like, okay. Happy Chihuahua. Yes, I'm
1: okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've only been doing podcasts for like just over a year and a half now. But I'm the way that I'm feeling about it is that Somehow, Noise Space is, like, way more competent than a lot of other podcast networks. Yes. We are more competent
1: than podcast networks, which are ostensibly professional, and have, like, tons of corporate money behind them. Because I know what audio audio editing is, and the guy behind Pinecast (laughs) knows how to host a feed. These are two things that most things don't have.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm David. Uh, I just uh, released a new album as Spinning Voices uh, on... The uh, label Neo Detritus, which is run by friend of the show Mace and also friend of the show Nikki, who did the show artwork. Um, yeah, you can find that at spinningvoices.bandcamp.com. There's uh, cassettes of it that are going to be coming very soon. Oh, yes, nice. Um, they're the yeah, they're opaque yellow. Um, the artwork was done by uh, Roy, who was a guest on our last episode. And it's very very good artwork, and I think it's a pretty good album, so listen to that. It's called Please No Jutsu, um, because
1: you didn't say that.
0: Yeah, it's... (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'm also occasionally on another podcast called The Stick, which is about Homestar Runner. Uh, Right now, I'm doing episodes uh, that are just me and guest hosts, Um, so... If you feel like you want to talk about Homestar Runner at any point, uh, let me know. Uh, give me a shout out on at the stick pod on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at at Dave's with three V's. Uh, and you can follow Tuning Fork at at Tuning Fork cast. Um, The show art, like I just said, was done by Nikki Flowers. The Uh, intro theme is open air from the album Open Air by Animal Style Uh, and as we always say I had never seen a shooting star before
1: I had never seen a shooting star before diarrhea, diarrhea
2: (laughs) I can't top that
0: (laughs) when you're listening to Radiohead and you've never seen a shooting star, diarrhea, diarrhea
2: diarrhea, bye
0: bye (laughs)